In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Upon its first hearing, the parable that Jesus presents to his disciples in our gospel passage today sounds incredibly unjust. This idea that those who only worked for one hour in the vineyard and are paid the same as those who labored all day and bore the heat of the day simply does not compute in our minds. Now, the majority of us, especially if we grew up in the United States, function generally with a mindset and a work ethic that states, the harder I work and the more I contribute to a cause or a project, the more I should receive recognition or payment. This, of course, we would say is it's only fair. However, it's critical for us to remember that fairness is not the same as justice, especially divine justice. Oftentimes, we use the terms fair and just interchangeably in our colloquial speech, but the two concepts, when applied to the same situation, do not always render the same outcome. The justice of God does not always register as fair in our minds. Nevertheless, this shouldn't cause us to think of God as uncaring or vengeful, because while God is all just and he's the source of justice, he's also all loving and all merciful and the source of all love and all mercy. So what is it that we're to make of this parable that we hear today? Well, primarily, we must put it in the context that Jesus provides for us, that is, the kingdom of heaven, the salvation provided to us by God. I'm sure we can all think of situations in our everyday lives when we've worked and worked and worked to reach a goal. And someone else comes along who, in our estimation, has not prepared as diligently as we have and is able to reach the same goal and receive the same praise and recognition that we do. Now, this happens in the seminary all the time, especially when tests come around, because there's always some men who, seemingly without lifting a finger, can get an A on a test. And then there's others, like myself, who have to study and study and study to get that same grade. Now, we ask ourselves, is this fair? Well, not necessarily, but is it just? And that's a whole other debate for another time. But if we think of similar situations in the context of the salvation of souls, those questions of is it fair or is it just rarely enter our minds. When we think about individuals who experience a conversion later in life or even at the point of death, you know, do we ever think, you know, that's just not fair. He or she should have started a lot earlier and doesn't deserve the salvation of Jesus Christ like I do. Well, of course we don't think that, because that would be utterly ridiculous, because at the end of the day, none of us, quote-unquote, deserve salvation. The salvation won on the cross for us by our Lord is complete and utter gift. In saving us, God doesn't gain anything, per se, because God cannot gain or lose. He is the fullness of life and the fullness of all being. Now, at the same time, we must be aware that there might be a time when thoughts like these will surface in our minds. And while they don't look exactly like the example that I just gave, they can appear in other ways, such as 
jealousy at another person's apparent excellence in the spiritual life, or jealousy toward another person who seems as though they have a very, very deep, intimate relationship with Jesus that we might not have the same type of relationship. Now, the key to avoiding such occasions of sin is given to us by our Lord today when he tells his disciples, the last will be first and the first will be last. Now, what Jesus is referring to is the need for deep and true humility of heart. It's the one who makes himself first in his mind and in his heart who will be humbled. While the one who is docile and meek in spirit and mind will be exalted in the kingdom of heaven. A good dose of humility can oftentimes cure a great many of the temptations to sins of root, that are rooted in pride and self-righteousness. Therefore, we need to strive to do first, gain self-knowledge. And we do that through our prayer life, through our conversation, our daily talking to our Lord. And in doing so, we are made more aware of those times when we're tempted to put ourselves first and consider ourselves greater than others. Now, in doing so, we also then can recognize those times. And the second thing we need to do is turn to God in those moments and ask to, for him to grant us the gift of humility. Now, humility can be a very difficult gift to receive sometimes because it can be very painful. But if you think of it like the medicine that we receive when we're children and we're sick and our mother or father gives us some medicine and it's bitter when we swallow it and it's not pleasant to receive it, yet later on, the medicine heals our sickness and we're better off having received that medicine. Humility functions the same way. So our prayer for humility must be a constant part of our daily conversation with God. Now, humility is a funny virtue in, in as much as the minute you think you have it and the minute you recognize it in yourself and you say, wow, I'm really humble, you've lost it. However, we shouldn't be discouraged by this apparently difficult task of cultivating virtue or of cultivating the virtue of humility, rather. For while humility is key in one's growth in holiness, it's important also to remember that holiness itself is a process. Becoming holy is just that. It's a becoming. It's a constant development which happens throughout our lives. And it ebbs and flows and consists in our constant struggle with, with those difficulties, with our contrition for the times that we fail and our desire to get back up and continue our journey with the Lord. That itself is holiness. So like we sang in the responsorial psalm, the Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. We should forever be calling upon the Lord to assist us. Ask and you shall receive. God is generous with his grace, and if we are but open to it and allow it to work within us, we can grow in humility and holiness, trusting that in being so meek, we may be found great in the kingdom of heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.